You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you. This time, we're going to talk about a TV series that hasn't been off the air for long, but it's one that uh, has kind of polarized fandom. And so we'll get into that in a little bit. First off, I would like to apologize to contributor, 42 cast member, James Rowe, because He has been one of our stalwart cast members who has been on a lot of episodes now, and I have never run his introduction episode. Uh, What happened is that when I was starting working on the 42 cast back in 2016, I recorded six episodes ahead of time, even though I didn't have the logo and the music and the website already yet, and so I just kind of had those in the bank. Well, by the time I got it all together, I felt like I was under the gun because there were a lot of shows being released that I wanted to have some timely commentary on, stuff like that. So it always seemed like there was something that needed to be released sooner rather than later. And so I kept on pushing this episode back. So we're finally going to hear James' introduction to the 42 cast. This is one of two of the remaining 2016 episodes that have not been played yet. So... It's uh, it's hopefully going to be a little bit of a treat for you. Listening to it, I'm a little embarrassed because I hadn't quite gotten things down yet, so you will hear me stumble over my words a little more than normal. Um, I, I'm not as good with the introductions of people, uh, some stuff like that, but uh, since we're talking about Heroes, the show that was off the air uh, even when we recorded the episode and is still off the air, I don't think that anything really in the podcast is dated all that much. The discussion should still be, you know, as good now as it would have been if I had, you know, played it a year and a half ago. So, um, without further ado, let's jump into that episode. And first off, I am introducing my buddy, the guy with the drink in his hands and who absolutely loves video games. I met him through my friend Sam Cross, and that is James Rowe. Welcome to the 42 cast, James. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, now, James, why don't you tell us, and in this case, I'm really saying us in a, in a in the true sense, because I <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself as well. Why don't, why don't you tell <laughs> us a, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Montana. About three years ago, I moved to Washington State, and uh, shortly after moving here, I've been a big fan of all things nerd out there for quite a while. I think the only thing I've never gotten into is like tabletop stuff. 
sort of like Magic the Gathering for a little while, and then it got too expensive. So I, yeah, I'm big into gaming. Shortly after we got here, I decided I really wanted to take up trying to write and make reviews and all that kind of stuff. And so I ended up meeting Sam, and uh, she got me into the podcasting side of things. And I've had a few stints around the web uh, with a couple of different places I wrote for. And yeah, I just follow everything gaming and everything nerdy and Pretty much anything other nerds latch onto, I probably latch onto as well. Well, that's really cool, and I'm glad to know that the 42 cast is uh, one of those things that you've latched onto. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have something that you consider like your primary fandom? Definitely, definitely video games. I'm I'm a huge gamer. It's probably how I spend a majority of my time when I'm not trying to keep my wife happy or working. Yeah, that's that's good though that you uh, that you keep those (laughs) things in perspective. <laughs> when the wife's not happy, you're not happy, right? Exactly. Yes, I understand. All right, well, cool. And, and glad to have you aboard, James. Yeah. And next up is uh, someone that you've recently heard talking about whether or not fandom is broken. She is someone that runs a podcast about the MCU as well as uh, is part of a podcast that talks about Doctor Who. And that is Jen. Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How about you, sir? I'm doing pretty good myself. Although I will say I just heard the news that the voice actor for Moltar and Zorak died. Yes, yes. I I also forget his his name. But yes, he did stuff on uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force too, I believe. Right, yes, and I just loved Space Ghost so much, so that's yes. you know, kind of gotten me down right now, because, uh, you know, like, like it, it was so great, because it was not only a spoof of talk shows, mm-hmm. but it was just genuinely funny in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And that's, yes, Ryan has surreptitiously uh, posted that it is Clay Martin Croker is the name of the voice actor that we're talking about. <laughs> So thank you, Ryan. It's it's why I make the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so Jen, what's uh, been going on for you since the last time you were on the show? Well, we're about to to get uh, Earth Station MCU up and running again with Shield getting started up again, and so that's that's very exciting. Uh, we've had, uh, of course, Earth Station Who, lots of stuff for that. Um, I'm currently listening to uh, some Big Finish stuff for that, which is uh, different from what we normally do, but uh, that's a lot of fun. And then I guess the big thing right now is that uh, on top of working full-time and doing two podcasts and guesting on other podcasts, I just started my doctorates. And actually, James, you mentioned video games. Uh, all of our readings for the last week were on um, were on uh, WoW so uh, and, and other video games. So I'm, I'm still getting my, my fandom stuff in, even uh, in my doctoral program. So Very nice. You know, there's a friend of mine that posts on some forums that I read who has as his signature. If there, if it was possible to get a PhD in 8-bit Nintendo, I would have had it a long time ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I think of that whenever, uh, you know, you're posting about your, your, your doctorate, Jen, because that is like one of the coolest uh, doctoral studies that I've ever heard of. It's, it's technically in English, but, but it's, you know, it, it's about, it's about writing and storytelling and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so it, it counts. Oh, no, sure. I'm not saying that there's no uh, uh, academic uh, basis for it. I'm just saying that that's a really cool one that, you know, I didn't oh, even absolutely. know that, that was available. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I actually, my, my first uh, professional conference, like academic conference that I presented at, uh, I actually uh, ended up getting on a bet uh, because it was the uh, American Popular Culture Association and... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
somebody bet me that I couldn't get something in. And so I said, I'm just going to come up with the most ridiculous thing I can think of and uh, and see if I can get it in. And it was comparing Gaius Baltar from uh, the, the new Battlestar Galactica series to Hamlet. <laughs> and it got in and everyone loved it. So that made me go, okay, apparently I can do this stuff. <laughs> That is really cool. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D. Are you looking forward to the new season? I am. Um, I'm probably more looking forward to Luke Cage. But S.H.I.E.L.D. is a, is a show that, that has had uh, certainly had its ups and downs. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Ghost Rider this year. Mm-hmm. There's certainly a lot of potential there. They've got, they've got some other new characters coming in. And so I, I am going in with a clean slate and going to see what, uh, see what this season brings. Yeah, I just have to say the Ghost Rider thing just kind of makes me leery because they're saying, oh, this will tie in with Doctor Strange. And I'm just, I'm just worried it's one of those things they're throwing in there just to tie in with a movie that's coming out that doesn't have any, you know, any good point in the show itself because it seems at total odds with the whole Inhuman slash Sokovia Accords route that they've been going. Well, personally, I, I think that it will have very little to do with Doctor Strange. It, it may, but there have been a lot of times that they've said that things were going to tie in and they haven't. So uh, there's really not a lot of crossover between the uh, the, the shows and, and the uh, rest of the MCU, but but we'll see. Yeah. Like I said, I'm giving it a chance. Yeah. And uh, the other person that we've mentioned and has uh, put in a few words here and there is uh, someone who's been on the podcast quite a few times, and that is Ryan. Hey, Ryan, how are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Just trying to make it through another weekend, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. And, and you notice this time I did not bring up your hatred for, for Pluto. <laughs> Which, I'm frankly a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I gotta change things up every now and then. Well, I'll find another celestial body that I, yeah, I supposedly hate that you can get on tape <laughs> As long as I'm you don't remove... of... What's that? I said as long as you don't remove its previously held status, I'm okay. <laughs> Well, that's not up to me. <laughs> and that's up to science, okay? That's up to reality. I'm sorry. I'm not sure that anything that uh, anyone decides as far as Pluto's status actually affects reality, but... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, Pluto's going to be there. It's not going anywhere, you know? Uh, it's the arbitrary nature of the decision is what I always... It's not arbitrary, it though. It is arbitrary. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> it's because people didn't want to revise some textbooks or they only want to revise them once I, i'm sorry they only want to revise them once and not have to revise them again and again but it no. that, that's a that's a specious argument we always revise textbooks every few years anyway so <laughs> not a problem you know? it's not like they went to the publisher and said quick we need new textbooks pluto's no longer a planet <laughs> although i don't know i have yet to see the the textbook conspiracy theory that you could be onto something here <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, all the all the diagrams of the solar system have to be revised and everything else, you know. It's all about the money. And that's right. And so if, if you if you include planets beyond Pluto, then you have to revise them every time a new one's discovered. But if you just say, nope, everything past Neptune, not a planet, well then... Oh, but that's just it. You don't you don't have to revise them every time. You just revise it the next time the revision happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like we don't rewrite textbooks every time they discover a new dinosaur or a new drug or something like that. We just get to it the next time it's time for new textbooks. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. 
Either way, whatever the decision, whatever the reason behind it, it was arbitrary. But anyway, they just changed the definition because, you know, it suited them. I'm just trying to figure out a rational reason for why, but anyway. (laughs) You know what? When you're ready to do the podcast on Pluto, I'm there. Okay. Space on general. (laughs) And I'll buy a new t-shirt just for it. There you go. There you go. I I was on a podcast and all I got was a stupid (laughs) t-shirt. Right. Just better than Pluto. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should move on now to five questions, which I know everyone always looks forward to on the show. <laughs> Hopefully this time I won't get a lot of like questions that everybody's like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> which so far, thankfully, has only happened one time. Yeah. The time yeah. I was on. Oh, I yes, think. the time you were on, Jen. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. We see talking about nintendo phds and i was thinking i would have been doogie hauser you know mm. but i don't know if that reference that reference might be too old now <laughs> no, <laughs> no not i old. know who doogie hauser is <laughs> he's dr horrible well, that's right. <laughs> that's true barney stinson yeah. all right yeah that's one that's that's one that i'd have to say that i never saw coming was neil patrick harris hitting so big after you know doogie hauser yeah. but anyway all right so five questions Alright, so, scarier alien menace, aliens or predator? Mm, for me, for me, I gotta say predator. Okay. It's the whole invisibility thing. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And I already have a deep fear of not having sight, so <laughs> already if I can't see it, it's an issue. Yeah, and you know, you probably don't want to be filleted alive. <laughs> hey, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> Alright, Jed. Yeah, uh, same thing? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know if I was going to have a different question. Uh, I'm going to go with, with aliens because they're just so creepy. I mean, with, with Predator, it's, you know, it's it's bipedal, it's it's like like a person, but 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 and, and the whole chest bursters and, and face huggers thing, just can't deal with that. That's just that's just too weird. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Oh yeah, the aliens, the xenomorphs are way scarier. I mean, predators, they're a space-faring species. There's they have their own code of honor and and you can I wouldn't say you can necessarily reason with them, but they are rational beings. The xenomorphs, it's just all about biology and instinct, and there's just, there's no fighting that. They're they're just either they die or you die. Yeah, I have to say for me, it's just the the fact that like aliens, the xenomorphs are like these insects on acid, like literally, and <laughs> you know just everything about it, just the the scuttling nature, the 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 way that they burst out of somebody, and everything else is just far more horrific to me. I mean, I saw both these movies when I was probably way too young that I should have seen them, and Predator didn't like scare me to the degree that the original Alien movie did. You know, which again, apples to apples, it's just one alien versus, you know, a movie with one predator. And, and yeah, I, aliens just keep creep me out way too much. Alright, so next question. Better 80s cartoon, G.I. Joe or Transformers? Uh. <laughs> uh, uh I gotta go with Transformers. I do. It's just, it's, there's too much patriotism behind G.I. Joe. I mean, I love patriotism, <laughs> okay. but like, that's an extreme version of patriotism. <laughs> you, what, greatest American I hero? Robots. I, I, I love robots. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> 
I'll have to, I have to say, when I first showed my daughter Transformers, and I was like, do you like this? And she's like, they're vehicles that turn into robots. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> like, duh. So you made it sound like it's the greatest thing ever, so I was like, yes, that is right. <laughs> uh, how about no and Dungeons and Dragons instead? <laughs> But if I if I had to pick, I would definitely go with Transformers. GI Joe, uh, being being female, just super totally did not do anything for me. Just um, I I don't even honestly remember ever seeing it because the whole idea was just like what what it's it's guys with guns shooting each other. Okay, but there were there were women. Maybe, maybe there were girls too, but I never gave it a chance because just the whole idea of it. And Transformers, I could I could get down with because that was you know I, I actually I actually did did play more with 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 cars and trucks than I did with dolls as a little kid. So that's cool. This is you know chocolate pie or chocolate cake. <laughs> did you specify cartoons only? Yeah, cartoons only. Uh, if, if cartoons only. Oh, I'm gonna go with Transformers. I mean, you know, not GoBots. Transformers. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, GoBots, that's, yeah, that's a whole other yeah. story. It, it's just, Transformers was just more science fiction, I guess, than, than G.I. Joe. If you go comic books, Larry Hama and G.I. Joe any day. If you go toys, that's a tough one. But cartoons, it's, it's going to be Transformers. Yeah, Yeah, I, I go with Transformers because, uh, like you said, it, it was more science fiction. Yeah. And you look at some of the people that wrote for it, I mean, you have people like DC Fontana. Uh, writing for it, like uh, Len Wayne, who wrote uh, for Marvel for many years. You know, you, you had some legitimate, you know, uh, you know, really, you know, science fiction writers, you know, writing for the show. And especially as the series continued, it became more. They were able to put more mythology into it, as far as like the evolving mythology of the Transformers, and make it more of like a high sci-fi concept than just the original idea of their vehicles that turn into robots. And I feel like that series kind of transcended its original purpose and yeah. became a lot more interesting. I mean, post the movie is where it really took off. But even before that, I really loved it. So, yeah, I uh, I totally see the Transformers uh, answer for everybody. Yeah. But a lot is of that people, the first clean sweep? That's the first clean sweep, yes. A lot of right ah, answers geez. that time. <laughs> 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 Alright, James, third question. Uh, <laughs> it's so hard. Do, do you feel it's like so you've tough. been put on the spot? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, better superhero, Superman or Batman? Batman, hands down, Batman. I don't even have to think about that. I, but I'm also a rabid Batman fan, so it's, if the choice is Batman, it's always Batman. <laughs> and yesterday was Batman Day. So that, yes, it was Batman. Batman Day. So yes, it's it's very fitting. <laughs> Uh, again, Batman all the way. Batman's Batman's somebody that you can identify with. He's not uh, a a all powerful god. Basically, mm-hmm. Superman is is just somebody that I mean. There's until you introduce artificial things like kryptonite. There's there's no danger. You know, he's just he's just a perfect person going around. And 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 I and I recognize that that. That the uh, that the entire canon has has become much more than that. But for me, Batman all the way. Uh, you know, he's 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 more relatable. And and also, I'm you know, I'm a goth. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I will have to say you brought up the thing that I hate the most, uh, which is kryptonite. Yeah. I think it is the most lazy writing concept ever. Yep. And whole Superman series have been written around the fact that for any villain to have any threat factor for Superman, he, he has to have kryptonite. The whole Lois and Clark show, which, which I enjoyed for what it was mm-hmm. at the time it was on, it was like there was only drama if the villain had kryptonite, and, and it just right. gets so boring and so, uh, you know, old after a while. So, yeah, I, I completely uh, agree with you there. Uh, well, you know, following up on that, you would think at some point the government would just lock up all the kryptonite. I mean, right. Lex just always walks into a museum and grabs a rock, you know? <laughs> it just never made any... It never made any sense to me. But here's the thing. I, I'm inclined to say, if you want to say what's the better story, Batman. I, I agree with you know Jen and, and everyone on that. But if your question is, who's the better superhero? And I'm going to say Superman. And I will explain that by saying that the reality is, if I had Superman's powers, if anyone else had Superman's powers, we would all be Zod. You know, <laughs> Superman is a superhero because of the choices he makes, not the ability he has. So, I, yeah, I got to say that uh, Superman, because he's a god, and he chooses to do good. I can't think of anything more super than that. You know, I was waiting for somebody to take that tack, because, um, you know, to me, though, you can flip that on its head and say that Batman's the greatest hero because he's a man with all the, the abilities of a human being that goes and puts himself on the line. You know, he doesn't have super strength or invulnerability or any of those things. Just billions of dollars. (laughs) Just billions. (laughs) billions. Granted, he has a lot of money, but (laughs) at the same time, you know, he puts himself into danger in situations that, you know, are, are... completely lethal and you know would you know destroy you know most people you know most normal humans that you know get involved in them but he has the courage to you know put himself into those situations so and i applaud that but so does every firefighter you know i mean that being brave i don't know if that alone qualifies you as a better superhero I mean, uh, that, that, that applies to, to anyone who choose, puts their life at risk to do something noble. But Superman is never at risk, and the fact that he still chooses to do something noble, I think, is more telling. He has nothing to lose, and he still does the right thing. If you could go an entire day and break any law you want and suffer no consequences, you wouldn't run every red light you could? <laughs> well, I wouldn't, but I understand right. what you're saying about other people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Superman's going to sit at that red light at 2 a.m. when there are no cars around, you know, waiting for it to turn. But but at the same time, I feel like saying, like, well, that's no different than a firefighter, though, is kind of... Because even then, we understand fire. We have technology to combat fire, you know. Uh, whereas Batman goes into situations that are beyond what we have in our normal, everyday world. Well, I, I, situations he faces are different, but the yeah. choice to put himself at risk isn't. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all all are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll move on from that one. We don't want to turn this into the Superman versus Batman debate. That'll be another episode. But... Oh man! <laughs> but it is about superheroes, so yeah, right? no, that's true. All right, all right. This one, <laughs> I reserve the right to judge people on this one. Okay, James. Someone. <laughs> Someone uh, with red hair, are they a redhead or ginger? Oh, they're a ginger. <laughs> they're definitely a ginger. Gingers don't have souls. <laughs> all, of, all of my friends who, who have red hair, I always give a hard time and consistently call gingers. 
Jen? I always, being American, um, I always <laughs> used uh, the, the term uh, redhead. I think ginger is is adorable and, and quaint and really didn't hear it used much uh, until still not ginger on uh, on Doctor Who. But uh, I certainly don't have a problem with the term. It, it just sounds very, very British to me. Uh, you're putting me in a spot here. <laughs> so, Nancy, my wife, as you listen to this, I- I'm going to need you to turn this off uh, for about five seconds. <laughs> Um, and ginger yeah absolutely <laughs> i mean I, I, from personal experience with a few family members and a spouse i can say there's a certain amount of evil in them <laughs> <laughs> and the only correlating factor is the hair you know? well I, you know i find it interesting that people well, that wasn't even part of the question is that people are bringing up the lack of souls and evil in <laughs> now i will say ginger cats are all totally insane i have yet to meet a ginger cat that was not a psycho murdering nut job so but but that does not necessarily apply to people just right. <laughs> ginger cats for sure no soul following that ginger snaps you know, are a delicious candy, but also a crazy werewolf franchise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, you know, this is one of those weird things where I feel like the whole world was replaced with pod people, because I feel like I went to bed one day, and everyone said redhead, and I woke up one day, and everybody says ginger. And I did some research on this, because I couldn't understand, you know, I thought it was Doctor <laughs> Who, like Jen said. Yeah. And I was like, so did this come over with Doctor Who, or what? And actually, apparently it was Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Yes. I was going to say Harry Potter's the other one. Uh, yeah, because um, even though the Harry Potter books that were published here did translate some of the Britishisms, apparently that one was not changed. And just to me, it just seems like the height of pretension uh, for Americans to use the term ginger uh, when we already had a perfectly good term. And it seems like people want to sound more cultured by saying ginger or whatever, sound more British. And just, it bothers me every time I hear it, because I'm like, you're an American, say redhead. <laughs> Out of out of curiosity, growing up, did you know any redheads or um, yes. have any in your family or anything? Not in my family, but yeah, I, I knew people. I mean, just knew few neighbors. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have never heard anyone not use the term redhead until the you know the mid two thousands or so. Well, I, I've got I've got redhead cousins, and I, not anymore since it started going gray. But when I used to grow my beard out, uh, I had red in my beard, and I, I just I don't know. I think maybe my cousins would always tell me you know, about people calling them gingers and I think maybe they're just more familiar with it growing up. Okay, yeah, it could be, it could be, and it is one of those things that I realize is just like a, a particular like sticking point for me, but it just seems <laughs> like, like I say, just one day I went to bed and everybody said redhead and then I woke up another day and everybody was saying ginger. I'm like, what? <laughs> and at first I didn't notice because I read, because I, you know, I was in Doctor Who fandom like since the 80s, and so I read a lot of British stuff, and so, you know, I'm used to lift blue windscreen instead of windshield, you know, petrol instead of gas, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And so at first when I'm reading Facebook, because I do have British people on my feed, you know, doesn't, then I'm starting to notice there's a lot of Americans saying this. This is just weird anyway. So I'm, I've gone off on Ginger for far too long here. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just my own neurosis. All right. Um, all right. Final question, James. Hercules, The Legendary Journeys or Xena, Warrior Princess? Better show. Hercules, Legendary Journeys or Xena, Warrior Princess? Um, I have to think back to when I watched those. <laughs> that was ages ago. Um, just a mere fifteen to twenty years. 
Like, ah, I, I gotta, I gotta say Xena. I feel, I feel like Xena, Warrior Princess was, was a much better writing quality. Hercules always felt really like, for the longest time, it, it like all through its entire run, it felt really hokey <laughs> and just like, like, like nobody was writing seriously at all. But like Xena eventually, I felt like it evolved into like taking some more serious undertones even though it was really campy as well at times but i i feel like it had some better uh better serious writing that got done in it than hercules ever did they also benefited from having aries in it far more than hercules did Mm -hmm. well and carl urban i that's my boy i i just (laughs) i love carl urban All right, so Jed? Xena, definitely all the way. Uh, kind, kind of like the, the Superman thing. Hercules is like a big, enormous guy with huge muscles and, you know, part demigod and everything. And I just, that didn't, that just, for me, I, I was just like, eh. You know, Xena is is a, a woman who's just super strong and is going around kicking ass. And, you know, and I love Gabrielle. Gabrielle, I, I was, at the time when I was LARPing, I was a staff fighter. And I'm like, yes! girl with a staff that's awesome i think the writing was better i think they they had really good guest stars i was i was much less you know it's just xena is is more human is is more um i just i don't know i i i much preferred it yeah i mean you're asking which is the better show so by that same logic i would kind of have to agree i never watched either regularly i've seen episodes i'm familiar with them i know who jockster is but uh, so just from what I do know and, and the con- and the bits that I've gleaned and, and how I would say Xena was a precursor to Buffy, who was a precursor and so on mm-hmm. and so on, uh, I would I would just have to say that yeah, Xena. I'm not I'm not strong I could be convinced otherwise, but just from what little I know and understand, definitely Xena. Yeah, and this one I'm kind of on the flip side of this one, just because Xena used to bug the heck out of me that from character perspective, like there was no art. She was all over the place. I actually preferred Xena when she was a villain on Hercules because there was a clear arc going on with her character. And she went from, you know, being, uh, uh, you know, upset about her past to, you know, being like, you know, a true hero to suddenly she's upset about her past again. It was just like she was all over the map, you know, on, on her show. And that just used to bug me. Whereas Hercules, because it was far more standalone, was just a very consistent show. It was fun. It was kind of silly. But and, and I like both of them, and I watched both of them, so this is just like me kind of parsing, you know, uh, a bit here, but uh, Xena used to bug me uh, a bit because of that fact that it, it was a show that really should have had more of a through line, and it seemed like it was a lot more random because they didn't want to do a true arc, um, and the writers, I think, weren't, you know, I think the writers were each writing the version of Xena they wanted to write. So it, it kind of made it kind of scattered, but that's 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 my point of view on that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, so everybody made it through another five questions. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, now we're going to, to take a brief break to listen to a uh, promo for another fine podcast. In a world podcasters talk about the same old pop culture topics. Two heroes must rise to bring forth a new era of podcast entertainment. The Cigar Nerds Podcast. Movie reviews, pop culture debates, news, science, and even beer reviews. 
were stranger than stranger things and funnier than an evil sewer clown. CigarNerdPodcast.com We all smoke down here, Georgie. And we're back. And now it's time to talk about heroes. So, in case you are unfamiliar with heroes, Ryan, why don't you give a brief summary of what heroes was? Okay. So back in uh, the mid 2000s, I think 2006 is when the series came out. It was a show on NBC, and it kind of occupied a time when there wasn't much optimism or or sci-fi superheroes. This was this was before the Marvel universe exploded and made everything um you know really big. Um I don't remember I don't know the exact time Iron Man came out, but it I, I'm pretty sure it predates it or it's about the same time. About the same time. Yeah. yeah. Predates it. And well, yeah. So you've got the show where you've it's it's kind of like a watered down version of the X Men. There's no mm-hmm. uniforms, there's no uh worldwide acknowledgement that mutants exist, but that's basically what they are. They're mutants. They're people who are born into this world with abilities who have to come to understand them and use them. And of course some are good and some are bad and, and we follow their story across four seasons and then a reboot mm-hmm. uh this past year. Or not a uh, continuation i guess this past year it had its ups and downs and uh yeah that's how i would encapsulate heroes yeah i think that that's pretty uh pretty uh comprehensive uh <laughs> sorry i couldn't think of the word there for a second uh, yeah that's a pretty comprehensive review yeah and here's the thing about heroes and this is the thing that i thought was really kind of fascinating about which is why i said you know where did it all go wrong is that even though i don't know a single person that doesn't say that heroes had serious problems everyone that mm-hmm. i've talked to cites something different and a different point in time in the series as where it fell apart so i just wanted to take a, a second here to pull everybody on first of all do you think that you know heroes was heroes great the whole way through did it have a, a problem point and when to you was that point if you if you think it does so um jen how about you start my, my first time through it i got somewhere into season three and ended up stopping when i went back to rewatch it i'm not really sure why i stopped uh i don't know if i i had class that night or i had something i was doing but i was i was still still pretty pretty into it through season and then season four got there and oh my god uh, I had I had I made it that far the first time through I definitely I mean I, I'm the kind of person that will stick with the show even if I'm I'm not liking it I, I watched the last season of Fringe the whole time gritting my teeth and going oh god please let it get better um but I don't think I don't think if I wasn't I wasn't going to be doing this podcast episode I don't think I could have gotten through the fourth season because it was so awful. I mean, <laughs> there was there was a friend of mine that that was uh, that was uh, asking me questions about where I'd gotten to so far, and they're like, "So what do you think of the uh, the plot line with Claire's father's girlfriend?" And I'm like, "It's kind of stupid. The, the the Thanksgiving episode's kind of terrible." And she said, "Wait till you see what happens." She hastens herself to get out of that plot line. <laughs> 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 which ironically is exactly the way that i phrased it when i was watching it with my wife i yep. was like she wants out of this show so bad she erased her memory <laughs> yep. oh man yeah i uh 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get to talking about season four. But yeah, I, I saw your updates as you were uh, watching it, and mm-hmm. I felt your pain, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, what about you? Uh, man, I really wanted to try to play it off and be like, yeah, no, it was amazing, but I couldn't even seriously do that uh, <laughs> and, and hold myself credible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I felt like I felt like season one, season one was a really strong season because it was right out the gates and it was such a fresh idea and it was exciting and everything was exciting and save the cheerleader, save the world. And like, I thought it was really great writing. I thought for me, it was actually probably like mid to three quarters of the way through season two that like I started noticing like some weird things that were kind of happening with the series as far as what they were doing with certain characters and whatnot that I was I was getting kind of like but but why why would you do that and then it just went so far off the rails in like season three like let's let's make villains good guys and let's make some good guys villains I and thought then that was fun personally I mean but it was it the was first fun. time. Yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just, it, I, I don't know. And then, obviously, like, by the end, it was just, like, I I grudgingly, like, I just, it was, it was like, it was like having some sort of relationship with somebody I hated <laughs> that I didn't know how to get out of it. Like, I was, I just felt stuck. I was like, I, I can't, I want it, but I hate this. Why? <laughs> But yet you came back for Heroes Reborn, right? I totally came back for Heroes Reborn. Because it was like, I got out. And then I was like, but maybe maybe it'll be better this time. Syndrome. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You were in an abusive relationship. He's changed. He's I'm changed. sure he'll be better now. Yeah. Okay, so Ryan? Uh, okay, so yeah, I agree with the general consensus that season one tapped into something Mm -hmm. it was amazing it's what we wanted it's what we needed and we didn't even know we needed it and i think the success of the entire cw network basically just shows how much we were craving it now for me i think you can see it it was so successful that i think it was a victim of his own success from my understanding, each season was supposed to be brand new characters and kind of almost like an anthology type series. Mm-hmm. And they decided, whoa, no, season one is so great, we got to double down on that. And then at the same time, the writer strike came along. And so season two went from a full season to a half season. And I, that didn't kill it, but that was a mortal wound that they never quite recovered from. And it just kind of, after that, they kept just trying to re- reset it, find what worked for them. Is Siler good this episode? Is Siler bad this episode? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> you really don't know, you know. And so, yeah, I, I hung out. I watched all of it live, and, and I checked in with Heroes Reborn. Watched that too. I had a DVR by then, so I might have watched it a week or three later. And it was just—I I, kind of get that that relationship feeling. I really do. There were there were <laughs> other shows at the time. If anyone watched the Forty Four Hundred, I think mm-hmm. they did it way better. Uh, and I was really sad that they were gone. But Heroes, it just. It had this potential i kept waiting for it to come back to season one to come back to that magic and it just kept tripping over itself again and again after i'd say towards the end of season two yeah i uh, my own experience was i experienced heroes after the fact um so i was able to binge watch it as season sets rather than uh on tv and i know a lot of people had issues with the second season i actually thought the second season was fine it's the fact that they completely forgot about the second season when they moved on to the third season, which was kind of more of the problem. But it was the third season that, for me, I didn't even bother getting the fourth season set because the third season turned me off so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I did complete it, and I did think the second half of the season, the, to me, the first half of the season was was horrible. 
I think they made a lot of mistakes, and then I felt like the second half of the season tried to correct the mistakes, but it kind of so mismanaged everything by that point that I was just kind of like, I don't even care about the fourth season. And I only watched the fourth season on Netflix because Heroes Reborn was coming back and like everyone else. It was just like, well, maybe if NBC is willing to come back to a show that's been off the air for years, like maybe they've learned all the right lessons and understand like the show that it should be. And so I better catch up just so that I don't miss anything on this new show. So I I watched the fourth season on Netflix and yeah, I just had to kind of grip (laughs) my teeth through it. But but yeah, we'll get to Heroes Reborn uh, in a little bit. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about the core show sure. um, at first. So, so we all agree the first season was excellent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inspired, even. Yeah, it was, uh, to me, it was just one of the, you know, one of the most interesting takes that I'd seen on superpowers. Because, uh, you know, I mean, I'd read comics before and everything, but, you know, people always, you know, once they get the power, it's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, put on a costume and either do good or do bad, you know. And this was just ordinary people, you know, just trying to figure out, like, how do I live life, you know, with... Uh, you know, with these abilities and and what do I do about it? And even like sort of the shady government organization, which all these kinds of series have, was kind mm-hmm. of interesting. The the one of us, one of them way that they had to work and everything else. And then the casting was really good too. I I, I felt like a lot of the characters were were really well done and well portrayed. You know, I mean, and even some of the guest cast. You know, you got uh, people like uh, oh god, why can't I remember his name? The person who played Linderman. Uh, yes. Malcolm McDowell. Malcolm McDowell, thank you. Even Eric Roberts for once wasn't, uh, you know, as hammy <laughs> as, you know, he could mm-hmm. be. <laughs> you know, and he was actually really Eccleston. good. Yeah, Christopher Eccleston yeah. was in it. Uh, you know, and I, I really wish they had brought his character back. He was fun, yeah. Yeah, because he, he was really neat. But, uh, you know, there was so much going for that show. And, and me, as a fan of Japanese TV, I loved all the hero segments because mm-hmm. I could tell that the showrunners had watched some Japanese TV because all the hero stuff where he's so animated and so, like, you know, excited about everything, that's so, like, a Japanese television show. That, that is a particular character type. And yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's so fun. And uh, George Takei, of course, is the other one. Oh, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I had never seen him as anything other than Sue. And that was an amazing performance. I mean, the Japanese businessman, he, he just nailed that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I loved it. So anyway, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of as an overview for me. That's, you know, some of the stuff that, that really just drew me to this show, you know, right off the bat. But what what did each of you like? You know, like, what are some things that kind of like interested you? So Jen, let's let's start with you. One thing was it was it was a big ensemble cast. And we've, you know, we've certainly had, you know, like Buffy is one of the ones that, that comes to mind mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, a, a show that, you know, has, has, you know, people with powers, pretty people with powers. <laughs> but but you still, which, which is the entire, like, premise of everything on the WB now. Right. Or CW, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> but, can. uh. I, I don't even know. What, 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 you know the one that I mean. The one with the Berlanti verse, you know. Yeah. But, uh, the Winchester verse. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, it, it while we had certainly had medium-sized cast shows before, this was a huge cast, and there wasn't, like, one, there was no Buffy. There was no one central person that, that it was focused on, or, like, Smallville or, or anything like that. It wasn't that there was one important person and a bunch of supporting people. Everybody had their own storyline, and and they were all equally important in different ways. Yes, there was the Save the Cheerleader thing, but, but still, everybody had their own story to tell, and 
the writers did a really good job early on in terms of, of setting up ways for the characters uh, storylines to crisscross. Now, Hero was kind of kind of the exception. He was he was kind of off in his own doing his own thing for a long time. But they, they did a really good job of of integrating stuff and, and making stuff cross over. I agree. I loved Hornroom Glasses as we called him in, in the early days. Uh, I thought he was really interesting, and especially because it wasn't just a faceless government conspiracy kind of thing, which it so often is. He was. You know, it's like they pretty early on, they went, actually, we can kind of humanize this guy and and show, you know, with his relation to his daughter, how how conflicted he is and how this is, you know, he was, you know, he was the grown up in the cast and I immediately gravitated to him and thought that he was the coolest person on there. But so that was really good. I thought that as far as I know, I think it is one of the first shows that uh, that made a lot of use of having non-English dialogue and a lot of uh, subtitles. And so that was very different and, and something that you really had to pay attention. You, you couldn't be doing something else while you watched Heroes because if Hero uh, was on screen, then you had to be paying attention. I guess unless you're fluent in Japanese. <laughs> so those were just, just some of the things that I thought were neat from, from the get-go. And then, I guess, are we just are we going one season at a time? or? Well, I, I want to take season one because we all agree that the show sure. was hitting on all cylinders then. Fair enough. All right, then then that's what I got to say on season one. Okay, so Ryan, do you have anything to add to that? Well, I mean, I do think that speaks of the brilliance uh, of season one. The fact that they took HRG, Noah, and dragged it out pretty much almost through the entire first season where you're not 100% sure if he's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is he a villain? Is he just is he going to be a hero he loves claire but when it comes down to it you know what's he going to do and and they managed to keep you hanging on that the entire time and that worked and it made you come back week after week i also think you mentioned uh jen mentioned you know save the cheerleader or save the world mm-hmm. this show managed to come up with managed to go viral before we really understood what viral was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. everyone was saying save the cheerleader save the world it was on t-shirts it was you know people were whispering it at uh it was basically the hail hydra of- yes, <laughs> <it was. laughs> yeah. and so that i'd never seen that before it really was like a comic book come to life on, on the screen siler was menacing and scary mm-hmm. as hell uh he was out there uh and hero, yeah, I mean, I, I would say he almost came. He came close to being a caricature. Uh, that would, but but didn't quite cross that line. Although he teased it a few times. I, I have, yes, it, it, it takes. You have to suspend your disbelief a great amount to to really enjoy the show. But you have to do that with any series. And once you do that, this just season one of Heroes was just what we needed. James, do you have anything to add to that? I like shows. Um... <laughs> No, I mean, I think everybody has hit pretty much, I mean, every nail on the head. I mean, for me personally, it was, I, so at the point that Heroes came out, I wasn't really much of an avid comic book reader at all. Like, I mean, occasionally, like, I'd make my way to this comic store, I'd maybe pick up something that uh, looked interesting. Uh, But I I hadn't, I never really got into comics until after this show. And the thing is, I was, I was familiar with like comic layout and everything. And there was a lot of like artistic direction in this that I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. like the whole introduction of a chapter and the title of the chapter, it felt comic booky. And I really liked that. You know, the, the, the advent of hero, I mean, much as you said, Nathan, like 
it, it he's this very like otaku character yes. like he, he's everything about japanese culture and what we see in like anime and all of that stuff like in live human form and it was just it was it, it was funny and endearing but at the same time it's it's what made the character like it's one of the reasons i always came back and i was always excited for an episode with hero because i was just like what kind of hijinks is hero gonna get <laughs> right. <in> today <laughs> like so yeah i mean I, like i said i i think I think we really covered a lot of what made season one great yeah. in in the wonder, the mystery of not knowing about certain characters and them kind of being shrouded. The absolute evil, like they they a they cast a perfect person to play Siler. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm, yeah, I had never heard of Zachary Quinto until this show, and mm-hmm. like I was like, this guy's a villain forever. Like he could do any villain anything, and it I feel like it would be amazing. And they and they did. They just brought this depth of evil to that character that was necessary. I mean, in any comic book, you the hero has no purpose if there isn't a strong villain. If there's a weak villain, the hero's less interesting because there's not really much to it. It's like, oh, it's a mugger. I punched him in the face and then gave him to the cops. We're good right. now. Whereas if it's like a compelling villain, you know, I mean, if it's like a Lex Luthor level kind of villain where like they're very intellectual, it's not so much their brute strength and things like that. It it makes it so much more compelling. And Siler hit on so many of those and he just kept getting int- more interesting. And I think what almost took some of the mystery of his character away was once they actually showed his face. And I was just like, oh, but now I know who he is. <laughs> now, now, out of curiosity, like when he is in the shadows. <laughs> uh, on that point, out of curiosity, have any of you seen the original pilot version of the first episode that was on the DVD? Mm-mm. I don't no. think so. Okay, no. so so just for, for a really brief uh, thing for people. So the pilot version was very similar to the first episode or so that we got. It was actually a bit long. Um, it was a little bit over an hour, but you know the the main changes were we saw a lot more of Parkman's family situation. His wife was a different actress. Uh, that didn't really matter so much. The uh, other big change was Siler was an older person. It was a completely different hmm. actor, and even though we don't see him, he shows up at the end of the pilot at Suresh's house, completely sh- in shadow. But he's wearing a trench coat and has like a fedora hat. And he's in shadow, but his voice is definitely not Zachary Quinto's voice. Mm. Mm. He sounds like a much older person. The other big change is they show us, and again, because Isaac's painting the future and there's the nuclear explosion and everything. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. original pilot version, there is an Islamic terrorist group who has kidnapped oh. this Muslim <laughs> guy who has nuclear powers and is forcing him to, you know, like irradiate things for them. Oh my gosh. And. <laughs> Which I obviously is not, which is not the way they went at all in the TV. Man, show. I feel like they dodged a bullet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which I think what they were going to do is build up, making you think that this is the guy that blows up New York, but then have the whole reveal come at right. the end of the season, like actually happen that it's not this guy. But of, of course, uh, affiliating him with an Islamic terrorist cell, you know, makes it like, oh, New York, evil, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad they didn't go that route. That would have just been. Ugh. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so anyway, that's that's just uh, the the quick version of, of the differences between the pilot and the regular uh, uh, you know series that we got. But uh, yeah, Siler. What I thought was really cool about Siler though was that he wasn't a mustache twirling villain of I'm going to rule the world with all these powers. <laughs> <laughs> he was this. 
he was this guy that just had the sort of like emptiness inside of him that just wanted to be special and mm-hmm. he, he he just had no compassion or empathy at all and would just you see that other people had these powers and just like well i need that too and that whole bit where he's duping Suresh mm-hmm. and is going around so that Suresh will show him all the people with powers so that he can kill them. Oh, so creepy. You know, <laughs> that whole thing because he has no no uh, conscience or anything about it. And, and yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why he worked in that season. But yeah. a- as happens a lot with in comic books, uh, you know, once a villain becomes popular, you know, they want to start turning them into a hero. And mm-hmm. that's where I felt like not only did they start overusing Siler in later mm-hmm. seasons they kept on trying to waffle on you know is he becoming a hero or oh crap now we're deviating too much from what people liked about him let's drag him back into being a nasty guy and everything else mm-hmm. and it got really muddled and and that whole thing with and I'm skipping ahead but man that that whole thing with with him taking over for Nathan was just so dumb <laughs> so dumb because as as several people have pointed out there was a point in the first season where we we saw that claire's blood can actually save people mm-hmm. why didn't they just go get claire i mean come on that is to me one of the cardinal sins of of any series and it also was in uh, the uh, yeah. star trek into darkness which is when you cure death your own yes and violating your own continuity too yeah right but but yeah curing death to me is the cardinal sin of a series in, in a way yeah. that's easily repeatable because yep. then exactly the problem that you brought out anytime a character dies you know you it, nobody can buy it because it's like you have this easy way of bringing them back to life and it's her father too right you and, know? and and i can get that in some cases the the way the way around that is if only a couple of people know then then you know then if not everybody knows that it can happen but there were people in the room who knew right and, and uh! <laughs> Everything that happened to Siler as a result of that, everything with Matt and and Siler being in his head, everything after that was just a train wreck for me, and not the good kind of train wreck you want to watch. <laughs> yeah, Snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah, I will say so. That was at the end of season two. That 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 is true. At the very end of season two, that is when I first said. Hey, that is really a bad one because they show Noah Bennett with the hole in his head, you know, because somebody shot him. All of a sudden, it just like regrows, and yep. it's like I'm like, oh, that's a problem right there, because you know they they show that he's getting the blood transfusion, and and, and here and here's my other issue with it: if somebody really has, uh, you know, super healing blood. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always this assumption in anything like this that, oh, if you have super healing blood, if you gave someone a transfusion, it would heal them, too. No, it would try to override your body and turn you into the person that the blood was donated from. <laughs> I, oh, that's true, yeah. I, yeah, and so I never I never buy that the super healing blood, if you inject it into somebody, would, you know, be a good thing. Okay. You know, don't don't bring science into it. If, if yeah. you go that far, you have to think about the fact that Mr. You know, nuclear Man, he's emitting radiation, but he's not dying from the radiation he's emitting. So, you yeah, know, it's, I mean, it's magic. It's you know, because Doctor Who. Flashpoint. Because Doctor Who. But you see, I, I think you've you've kind of hit on there. It was weak writing the moment they introduced magic blood and it was at the end of season two and again that's when the writers were going on strike and they had to wrap up a season when they'd planned to do a back half that Mm -hmm. they couldn't and so they just said 
screw it, we've got to come up with something. How about her blood? And that's kind of where it all kind of went downhill for me. But I do want to, you know, jumping back, <laughs> just the one thing that was kind of I wanted to say about season one, and we kind of hinted on that, is that this show managed to surprise. Yeah. I don't consider myself, I don't, I know some people here claim to have the ability to see it coming better than me. But... <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be referring to the king of forethought, would you? I would <laughs> Did you see that coming? <laughs> I did. <laughs> but... Okay, Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah. But I will admit that this show, there were a few times that it got me. Like, the very first episode, when I when Peter kept having the dreams about flying, I, I, I just thought, it's Peter, it's Peter. And then suddenly at the end, Nathan is the one that can mm-hmm. fly. And that's when I knew that this show had something special. And I guess that's just, it had, it, it got so high and it fell so far. <laughs> and it is because they didn't know what to do with Siler. And the sad part is they had other great characters. I loved Adam, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I can't think of her name, but they, she was, I think it was season two, might have been season three, I don't know, but the mimic, she could watch anything. Oh, oh yeah. 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 And then they dropped her and mm-hmm. they were, they just felt like they always had to come back to the Petrellis. Yeah. And Claire. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and somehow Maya stuck around for half of season three when it was like, oh God, please write Maya out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, it be, some of the things became a joke. The whole, I, I, me and my friends, we would joke about, so uh, did Peter ever go back for his girlfriend yet? You know, that he left in the alternate future? Mm. <laughs> I mean, there were just, uh, yeah, that's I do want to bring up one thing, though, that uh, several of you brought up that I, I, I'm just kind of curious, because you all said there wasn't a main character, but I always felt that Peter was the main character of the show, even though I agree that screen time-wise, even though he was one of the ones that got the most that was probably shared with other characters, does the, and he and Hero were the only ones that I truly ever felt were really trying to be heroes in the classic sense, mm-hmm. whereas I used to joke, especially towards the later seasons, that the show should be called powers instead of heroes yeah. because I'm like so yeah. few of these characters are really heroes they just use their powers for whatever selfish you know means that sometimes they're, those are good means but that's only when it serves their best interests but it's really Peter and Hero who are the true heroes of the show but I, I was yeah. just kind of curious uh, you know what you guys thought about that <laughs> I think the first season was very much an ensemble piece because mm-hmm. I think that 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 um, it was it was much more spread out I think that as, as other people have said as as things went on it became less of an ensemble piece and more about the through line of of a couple of characters and and yes peter was was definitely one of those sort of fulcrum points uh, around which other people uh, other people turned hero sort of still remained his his own thing but 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 yeah peter became sort of this central hub around claire and nathan and everything else with the whole petrelli family going on yeah became a soap opera with powers yeah mm-hmm. Well, they, they skywalkered it. Like, we can't expand. <laughs> we can't expand beyond the Petrellis. Like, we're, we're just here. Like, this is the galaxy far, far away. Just these <laughs> yeah. people. Oh, okay. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it got yeah, it got to the point where they teased that Siler was a Petrelli. Oh, God, don't remind <laughs> me. I hated that. I also hated the other thing that I think was a huge mistake with Siler was when they made it so that he could gain powers without having to kill the person. Yeah, yeah. Even though they it, kind of made it so it didn't really matter because then he just killed people because he wanted to. But at the same time, it was like I, I felt that that was a huge mistake because I felt like making that intrinsic to his because he's a he wasn't evil in the classic sense. He was amoral, mm-hmm. so yeah. I didn't feel like he would always kill people just because if he didn't have to. That was just because he needed to that he killed people to get their powers. 
Well, and it was it was greed, and it was it was obsession, and and those are those are much more more interesting motivations, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where, but we've already talked about how Siler was overused. What else happened as the series progressed that everyone thinks, or that, <laughs> that each of us, not everyone, but each of us thinks, kind of deviated, or kind of made the show go off the rail? James, we'll start with you because uh, <laughs> I think that we're talking over you a lot, or or, or, uh, or keeping you from speaking. No, no, you're fine. Um, I mean, I think I think one of the other things, and I, I hate to say it, it was for as lovable as the character was. It became a trope, and that and that was hero. Like for as lovable as he was through the entire first season, and like we kept having these cool things, like you know, suddenly the future self of hero, who's like really like this polar opposite to what we know as modern day hero, where he's very like kind of kind of you know he's young, he's kind of naive, you know, yatta, and he's yeah. all happy about everything, <laughs> and then like this is like a very serious, like like very samurai hero from the future that we meet, and and that was great. But then we ended up in this weird world where, like, they would try. It felt like they would try to turn focal points, specifically only using Hero to do so. Like, Mm -hmm. we would have these moments where we would go back to the Petrellis and stuff, but then there was always like some major thing that Hero had to, you know, with time (laughs) to to, like go and do to like try to put things right. And it just it became. If, like I said, it felt like it became such a trope yeah. with the character rather than just, you know, a situation that needed his specific, you know, tools and techniques. Yeah, I mean, I think that touches on one of the things that I found to be an issue and that towards the end of the second season I was starting to see as an issue was that Peter and Hero were both way too powerful. Hero could do anything in time. You know, he could go anywhere in time and space. He could freeze time. He could do all this stuff. Peter had that power as well as every other power he had ever encountered in his entire life. And and, and I realized that even with Siler, that made a huge problem because every time he encounters Siler, he would pick up whatever new powers Siler brought with Mm -hmm. him as well. And that's not good. You want your heroes to be underdogs, not to be able to run, you know, circles around your villain. And I always thought what would have made here or Peter's power uh, a better would have been to make it proximity based. So maybe he does gain new powers whenever he fights Siler, but then he would have to figure out how to use them in a very quick period of time, whereas Siler's already, you know, acclimated to them and everything. But they ended up going a different route, and I, that is one of the things I appreciate about season yeah. three is that they, you know, limited Peter to only being able to take one power at one a time. One at a time. Mm-hmm. And the hero, the whole nosebleed thing, the problem with that was that there was never consistent with, you know, what is causing this damage to him every time he uses his powers. How bad is it? You know, and they kind of waffled about that as well. But at least they were trying to build in limitations that he couldn't yeah. just do whatever he wanted. You know, there there was a price to be paid for it. Yeah, to their credit, they did. They recognized that they had that problem and they tried to fix it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the the other thing though of you know hero being the the, the trope, you know, that they tried to build everything around. And I think that's because they just kind of painted themselves in a corner. You know, because mm-hmm. they made it so that Hero and Peter were the virtuous characters, and so they kept mm-hmm. like those two had to be driving the action. Because certainly Nathan wasn't the guy you wanted to be focusing on. Right. Know? Well, <laughs> I think it's that, but I also think Hero was our stand-in, at least in in season one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hero was us, the fan, the watching, the person who saw this as X Men on TV. You mm-hmm. know, oh my gosh, there's a hero from the future who's gritty and dark. That's so what I would be if I had time travel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, my problem with that, though, was that I felt like even though that timeline had changed, that Hero as a character should progress over the seasons. But they never mm-hmm. wanted Hero to gain more maturity and to become mm-hmm. more like that guy that he became in that future. And that's what I wanted to see. I wanted Hero to learn those lessons from his father because, you know, just because he and his father had issues and didn't get along doesn't mean that his father was wrong about everything right. that he was saying. And mm-hmm. so I wanted him to sort of take some of that on board, especially after he died, you know, after after his dad died mm-hmm. and have him become more of that, you know, realize that, you know, hey, even though my dad and I had some arguments, there are certain things that he was trying to teach me that I should take on board and become more of that sort of samurai mentality. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I would have appreciated that. Whereas I think, again, they, they saw the popularity of certain characters and were too afraid to deviate from mm-hmm. that popular yeah. version. Yeah. Unless it was Siler. Right, unless, well, God, well, then they kept bringing him back, though, so that was yeah. the other. But, uh, Jen, do you have any other thoughts on, on where they kind of uh, went wrong with the show? Well, uh, t- one thing where, that a lot of people say they went wrong, and I don't think they necessarily did, was in season three when they did the villains uh, storyline. Um, I thought I thought a lot of that was interesting. I thought that they, they had some, some neat takes on it. The one that I just could not get behind was Mohinder went super evil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was, there was, he did things that there's no coming back from that. I'm sorry. You know, in terms of kidnapping and like torturing people and stuff. And so when they're like, oh, well, everything's better and we're all friends again. I was like, no, how can you do that? For, well, I think me, they were trying to say that the changes to his biology like changed him into a different person because he was becoming like a true spider like a human-sized spider kind of thing (laughs) right and 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 i get that but but they also seemed to be implying with with everybody that that you couldn't if that wasn't already in there it wasn't going to come out that these were things that were being amplified but that they were they were there was somewhere inside you there there was that element and he didn't seem to have any significant remorse he was like oh sorry dude i have a spider it's not my fault (laughs) (laughs) my bad my bad i'm a spider and and I just I just didn't feel like like there was there was any any coming back from that without some some serious character growth and I just didn't yeah. see it and for me that that ruined and I had loved Mohinder because he's the geek he's the academic mm-hmm. I loved him so mm-hmm. much and after that I just I washed my hands of that character and I was like dude we're we're done <laughs> like, I can't I can't be your friend wow. anymore that was just that was too much for me. Here were my problems with that storyline. I already mentioned the one where Siler uh, learned how to gain powers without killing people. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with the one that you've just listed. The other one that was a big issue for me is that the Eclipse is what gives and takes away their powers. That was so dumb to me, because it was like, I thought the Eclipse as a visual image was neat, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think that it was supposed to be some sort of quasi-mystical force that somehow once the Eclipse happens, your powers are activated. And it doesn't even make sense, because Nathan actually flew originally, you know, when he actually flew and avoided Mm -hmm. the car accident, before that eclipse that happens in the first episode. So... (laughs) it doesn't it it didn't really make sense it felt like the writers were taking something that was symbolic in the first season and you know whoever the new writers were in the third season just like didn't understand and i just oh god i thought that was a mess (laughs) i also thought that 
you know, the the Petrelli dad taking Adam's power shouldn't have like mm-hmm. turned Adam into dust. He should have just been like an everyday guy. But right. that but, but the other thing was continuity. It's starting with the third season, the continuity started falling apart. Like mm-hmm. when the mom suddenly decides to say, like, oh by the way, my power is, you know, the dreaming power, when it was clear mm-hmm. in the first season that that was actually Devereaux's power. That Peter mm-hmm. was leeching because he was, you know, with Devereaux as he was dying. And mm-hmm. I, to me, that was poor continuity there. The whole thing where um, the electric girl had actually met Siler before any of this ever happened smacked and mm-hmm. on, And I didn't like that. It just seemed like there was so much. To- and it's sad because I liked, the in the beginning, season three, I liked the first few episodes. And I really dug what they were doing. They added Bruce Boxleitner. And, you know, anyone who's a B5 fan should, you know, cheer <laughs> right? whenever Bruce Boxleitner's on screen. Well, I will say I wasn't a big fan of Ali Larder coming back as a new character either. That Mm -hmm. that clone waiting for that. That uh, that clone (laughs) thing was kind of like really. I just want to know what contract did she have that they kept having to bring her back? Uh, She was fine enough as an actress, but they didn't have anything to. They didn't know what to do with her, so they Mm -hmm. just kept having to create new characters for her. Mm -hmm. And it really it got to the point where I I. I lost all track of who she was or what she was. I'm still not even 100% sure of how that came to be. I know there was that weird doctor who implied there were so many more of her, but mm-hmm. that was just one of the many loose ends. There were supposed to be three of them. The first one died at the end of season two. She was the one with the split personalities. Then mm-hmm. the second one, we never met the third one, I don't think. The second one is the one that was in seasons three and four, and she's the one that had the, the ice powers, mm-hmm. uh, basically Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> who, Which who, was another thing. You'd think they would have the same powers. <laughs> uh, okay, whatever. If they're clones, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and at the end of season three, they implied that she was going to go villain, but then in season four, it's like, oh, she suddenly decides, I'm not going to be a villain, and decides to be good again. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's oh, weird. Like you do. Right. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, so. <laughs> So Ryan, any any other thoughts on where they went off the rails? Well, I mean, my big one, aside from again what you all have mentioned, uh, their complete lack of continuity, the, the keeping hero argumentatively, argue, arguably infantilized the entire time, and then the Petrellis and so forth. No, I was going to go with 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 Ali Larder. That was nah. just because I season one I liked her. And then just after that, they just had no idea. Well, that was another really cool thing that they did in season one was how they originally set that up of, yeah. you know, all the things that would happen when she was asleep and she didn't know what was going on. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was really nice. You know, and it goes to the reveal of she has multiple personality disorder and it's the other personality who's really violent and take charge and everything. And, you know, that's, you know, that's why all these things happen. And her husband was framed by the other personality and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I thought that was really well done. But, yeah, after that, they did not know what to do with her. Yeah. <laughs> it was Between that and, again, my own personal quibble about the... For me, the biggest mistake, the reason I could I stopped liking Peter was when he left um, the girl in the dystopian future. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. forgot all about her. Yeah. I mean, I, he never came back from there. There was no mention to say, oh, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Yeah, again, <laughs> there's so many, you know. <laughs> Well, he was distracted by his future self coming back to assassinate his brother and, you know, (laughs) then putting him in another body and all the other weirdness that was going on there. Sorry, sorry, dude, I was a spider. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the other thing that I thought, or the other problem I had was actually in the second half of season three when they revealed that Mohinder's dad had actually known all about Evo's 
mm-hmm. and had been part of a government program about it and everything else. And I was like, that totally ruins everything about the whole thing, <laughs> his need for discovery because of what had happened with his daughter and everything else and how Mohinder was continuing that journey for his father and everything else. I was like, you've just ruined the whole, you know, Mohinder storyline with that yeah. one pre, you know, that one episode. <laughs> Well. <laughs> uh, and the other the other thing that I don't think they ever got right was time travel because no. they would show us things in the future and then when characters would go back in time they didn't change things but the future would still end up being different anyway. It was like it was like wait a minute but the things you did shouldn't have affected this other thing. Well, <laughs> but I, that's I just took, anyway. I just took that as any any change that you make puts it onto a different timeline and so it's possible at that point that any random thing that happened could go the other way it's not that the things that they changed had specific effects it's just that any anything that was random and went one way could could potentially go the other way uh, sort of like a quantum time travel theory yeah yeah you could what, yeah, yeah. That, that works. whatever suited the purpose you know? <laughs> <laughs> But there were certain threads that they kept playing with, like the whole idea, you know, in the the original time we see the future, Siler has the illusion power and is pretending mm-hmm. to be Nathan. But then mm-hmm. Siler ends up becoming Nathan in a way anyway with what they ended right. up doing with him merging yeah. with Nathan, basically, basically taking over, you know, Nathan's mind being inside Siler's body. It's a fixed point in time. Right. <laughs> yep. So, so there were certain threads that they played with, uh, you know, that, that ended up happening anyway. Well, one thing to bear in mind, uh, you know, about behind the scenes stuff is Jeff Loeb, who, if you are into the MCU, you know, is is being one of the the main architects of the MCU. He was one of the the people on the creative end of Heroes for the first couple of seasons, and he got fired in season three. And you know, I I I think that you know, if if you look at what he's done with the MCU, he knows what he's doing. I mean, maybe certainly you can say, you know, some not great decisions were made along the way with heroes, but, but after he left was when it really took a sharp nosedive. Yeah. I, I actually will be a hipster here and say, I knew Jeff Lowe back when he was writing comics. But right. uh, <laughs> but that's the thing. He comes from that storytelling background of dealing right. with these superhero type characters, so he knows what works and what does. He was actually one of my favorite writers back when I was mm-hmm. reading comics. But you know, and yeah, I noticed his name on the series as well. And and sometimes it was kind of clear what he was playing because he took some really archetypal comic storylines and kind of spun mm-hmm. them into the overarching hero storylines. Like season two is the Legacy Virus and X Men. I mean, it's uh, not even mm-hmm. a. <laughs> It's not even trying to pretend to be anything else. Well, and they, they do funny things, too, because I remember at one point there was just a, a little one-off team that they were going up against, and there was a guy who had magnetic powers, and they called him the German. <laughs> right. And I thought that was great. You know, and, and the whole, you know, sorry, dude, I was a spider, is like, what if Spider-Man was was evil? Which I thought was a fun twist on the on, on the, the existing trope. So mm-hmm. so they did a lot of things with with. with ig- people's expectations for superheroes and inverted them which i think was good yeah no i agree so just out of curiosity who is everybody's favorite character uh you know up until you'll probably you can probably guess up until when but for the probably first half of the series or so ando okay yeah then they decide to mess with him (laughs) (laughs) um but if 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 you if i had to pick someone with 
see because it, it, it's like I, I, season one, I, I could probably come up with a favorite character per season or a siler <laughs> per episode you know per episode siler but yeah just series wide oh don't do this to me you know what i'm gonna say nathan i'm gonna say nathan because he mm-hmm. died and wasn't there at the very end <laughs> I, I like his name <laughs> i like his name <laughs> actually to to, to... Every time I see Adrian Pasdar on something, I go, Frangman! Yes. <laughs> so, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is always funny to watch these days. But, Except uh, for that haircut, he's <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't get that at all. <laughs> uh, uh, Jen, do you have a favorite character? Hands down, it's Noah. I, I, mm. he, was my, he was my favorite character from the start. I, As with everybody, I hate the plot lines that he was forced to go through in season four. <laughs> That was just just painful, but I think that's part of the reason why I I liked the the series revival because it had Noah and it had him doing interesting things, and uh, I was able to to follow him through. And yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said, with the exception of some god awful stuff in season four, he was he was always what I looked forward to. With with Matt Parkman being a, a close second again, except for season four. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I uh, uh, well, for the love of God, Montresor. But <laughs> exactly. Oh my God! Yeah, you remember me posting that? Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh no, I said the same thing. Okay, because I, I, in fact, I think what I said was, "Oh my God, Parkman's gone full of Montalato." Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I, for Noah, I just have to say that my wife and I used to say like. The sex better be fantastic in his marriage because there is nothing else that speaks for yeah. that. It's the whole Mister Muggles thing. I, I would have given that like thirty seconds and would have been like, I "Can't take that anymore." It's called LASIK. <laughs> oh man. Um, so J- James, do you have a favorite? So I'm I'm a little the other direction from Jennifer. So it's it's like for me, it was Matt Parkman up to (laughs) um so matt parkman like i just i thought he was an interesting and compelling character because from the beginning like he didn't he never really kind of liked his power like he didn't really even want it uh he was a reluctant hero which is yeah he was just like i just i just I want to, I want to, I want to work a normal job. I want to work my nine to five and, and make the money to keep a roof over my head and be a family man and be a part of my children's lives and, you know, be a wonderful husband to my wife. Like he just wanted the normal life and unfortunately was kind of, you know, interjected into his powers. And, and so he had such a long struggle of like coping and like figuring out like, how, how do I do what I want to do and deal with this? on the side noah was all, all always compelling simply because of the fact that as as we we discussed for the first season like you didn't really know what noah's whole shtick was mm-hmm. um for the longest time and even then like even even up to <laughs> the end of the series <laughs> like his his logic and his reasoning was still like a hundred percent like i'm trying to do the best thing for again my family like i i'm trying to protect my daughter in all ways possible and then and then the, i have to say really third i i love the haitian and mostly it's because yes. he never says anything. Like, he couldn't yeah. f*** anything up because he doesn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> he just wipes people's minds. And you're like, he made a smart choice there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's <laughs> another really good reveal they had in the first season where you think, like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, this mute servant or something. And then all of a sudden he goes up to Claire and he's like, Claire, can you keep a secret? And it's all of a sudden like, whoa, he can talk! <laughs> 
since when can he talk? You know, and then you find out there's a lot more to this guy than what they had been showing. He was really creepy before that, too. It's like he just shows up and touches people and they just fall asleep. It's like, what is this, you know? He's invading a lot of personal space. I don't know. If <laughs> about that. You will be. You will be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought him up because yeah, he's one of the ones we haven't talked about yet. And yeah, he's he, yeah, I, I really liked it. I really like the relationship between him and uh, Bennett as well. And I really like just like I always like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen doing stuff. I like the fact that mm-hmm. in real life the actors for Bennett and the Haitian actually hang out. I've seen some pictures and stuff with them at games, oh, cool. like ball games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there was one where like, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but the actor who plays Bennett, his team lost. And so the guy's pretending to do the Haitianing on him because <laughs> he wanted to forget. <laughs> so it was just cute. But yeah, for me, I think my favorite in the beginning was Hero. Uh, and, and that's mostly because I am such an anime fan and such a science fiction fan. And like Hero was... You know, I mean, Hero was like that for me, you know, I mean, he was he was someone I could really relate to, even though he obviously, uh, you know, took it a little too far. But I, I think it transformed into Bennett, though, as the series progressed, because I really loved his relationship as a father with Claire. Mm-hmm. And even though you could tell when he was being kind of a jerk, you know, and being a little too much of the typical dad and not giving the kid the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the space that they needed or whatever, you, you totally can understand where he's coming from and wanting to protect her in this, you know, horrific world. You know, they existed with all these dangers that, you know, even she might not even be able to imagine so um i did appreciate that quite a bit uh the uh, but that is the character that i think we do need to talk about if we're going to talk about heroes that we've been dancing around and other than saying save the cheerleader we haven't mentioned anything about claire eh. <laughs> for me the problem with claire was after like she was saved there wasn't like a whole much for her you know to her to do and you could tell every season that they kept trying to figure out stuff for claire to do mm-hmm. and yeah. it seems like she's again speaking to what ryan was saying about it being an anthology show it seems like that's one of the characters that really needed to go but they kind of couldn't you know because she was such a big part of bennett's life mm-hmm. and well i, I think hayden Panettiere kind of became the the jennifer lawrence mm-hmm. of as jennifer lawrence is to the x-men mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. yeah yeah, uh, Hayden was to heroes. She was just was so she was a big name almost overnight because of the show. So they had to keep going with her. Yeah, and season four, I mean, for her was just painful. Except oh for the last, God. except for the last episode, I really, I think that last scene with her was probably my favorite scene since season one. Oh sure, yeah, because she was finally the one that decided that you know we we've got to just come out to the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that I thought, man, season five, if they'd kept on with that. Yeah, well, then we got Heroes Reborn. But yeah, right. go on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, does everybody kind of agree with that, though? That Claire kind of, you know, n- never really got past the sort of damsel mm-hmm. issue? Well, again, yeah. it, it, it always came back to uh, <laughs> what I said earlier. It, it became the Skywalker syndrome. Like, there was never <laughs> any expansion beyond this girl. And it was like, why are you so dumb? Like, can't you just can't you just stay out of trouble? Can you mm-hmm. just go live a normal life for once and not? And like, like, you're done. You're saved. You got saved. Like, just just live life. What hey, the there's hell? this evil <laughs> carnival down the street. Why don't I go hang out oh, there for a while? <laughs> Make up your mind, are you a superhero or are you just trying to go to school? You can't do both, apparently. Get a degree or be a hero. They were trying to be diverse by giving her a girlfriend, 
but Gretchen mm. was such an oh. awful character. I mm-hmm. mean, Gretchen was such a clingy, cloying, borderline stalkery person. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, uh, you couldn't even give her, like, a decent, you know, person to have this relationship with. You just had to... <laughs> you, you, oh, oh, Gretchen was just kind of painful to, to watch, and she just hung on mm-hmm. throughout the whole fourth season. It, it, it really felt like they were trying to just slap Buffy tropes on, onto, onto Claire after a certain point, and and that happened and i'm like oh man this is this is now the lesbian storyline that that you know that that everyone was was sad and too soon on well i I won't say nobody wanted but 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 nobody wanted on heroes it it was was really tacked on on heroes yeah yeah and again it was hayden penetier's uh uh, apparently it was her idea and i think the writers just didn't know what else to do with her and like great that's your storyline you know (laughs) well and not only that her her initial reaction was ew gross right and i was like okay this is not cool (laughs) and then she was like well now that i think of it maybe okay (laughs) (laughs) to be fair she grew up in you know midland texas so hey i'm just saying she clearly figured out life later because she decided to become a singing star in nashville so (laughs) she worked it out All right, so I mean, and Claire, I think, is the through line that's pretty appropriate to bring us up to Heroes Reborn, because Heroes Reborn basically starts with Claire's death. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, we finally can have... actually showing her. Right. so good. We can can finally have Bennett without Claire, because we'll just kill her off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And get rid of his son and wife, too. Right. (laughs) Well, because he's divorced at that point, so he can... Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, but he still has a son. Well, true, but I mean, but what I'm saying is that... Because his wife and son live elsewhere from him, it didn't have to impact his daily life. <laughs> his job. Well, and, car and <laughs> yeah, but besides which, it, it's clear that you know he he wanted them to be shielded from that part of his life too. So he mm. was he was also walking away from that so that they could go do their own thing too. Yeah, what I found ironic was that he has this fiance in the first episode of Heroes Reborn that never gets mentioned throughout the rest of the series. He doesn't seem to care or anything about mm-hmm. what's going on with my fiance. Is she okay? Is you know should I check in with her? Let her know I'm okay. Anything? I think I like... missed that. I don't even remember no. that. I mean, Maybe I remember. He got Haitian too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's, I think that's I, honestly. I think that him being Haitian was why he had a fiance to begin with. You know, before he got his memories back, he was trying to live a normal life or what passes mm-hmm. for him. For him. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they took her to the future and forgot about her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just really quick, and I know we're gonna have to wrap things up. We gotta talk about Heroes Reborn. I just want to really quick round the uh, the panel here of whether or not or what you thought about Heroes Reborn. Uh, really slow burn. The first half of it, I watched more out of just duty, and then it took a huge hiatus to come back for like three episodes, which were really great. <laughs> I mean, the last three episodes, if it had been that from the beginning i think they would have gotten well maybe not because there's just so much superhero tv but if it had been that from the beginning they would have had a way better chance of uh getting picked up for a full season or a season two yeah i mean i uh, <laughs> like my bad relationship um <laughs> it was it was like it, it was i was excited because i was like all right like because i'd been watching everything up to the release of the show like i'd been seeing them like at comic-con panels and like there's all this hype and i was like all right yeah yeah. And I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate the thought. I think the thought that so many of the writers had was let's try to wrap some things up and kind of restart some things for fans of the original series. Cause we know we had some, 
so, some short some shortcomings with that. I think we've got a better you know we've got a better shtick this time. And no, it. I mean, much <laughs> as Ryan said, it was like those last three episodes. It was like watching season one of Heroes, and it was like, oh, okay, this is good. This is all good. Why did I just suffer through like <laughs> nine episodes to get to the good stuff? So yeah, I mean, I I think they had some great concepts. I think they had some interesting heroes. I think they overhyped way too much that like we're gonna make some cameo appearances with some mm-hmm. heroes because they did, and the ones that they made cameo appearances with are the ones that I really wanted to see more of, like hero and things like that. Because it was just like, oh, this is like years later. How have they grown? What kind of like are they still heroes? Like what are they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like some of those characters that they had those brief cameos were really underplayed and just mm-hmm. like it was it was purely just like, hey, it's hero, he's gone. All right new characters move on now and i was like but i don't i don't want to uh, <laughs> i don't want them to so, go right and, no! and then they did keep around i was just like what have you done to this guy like like uh like parkman was one of them i was like what the hell oh, when did he God. become just the biggest dickhead in the world what happened it was when he went full amontillado yeah 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 <laughs> And they managed to waste Zachary uh, Levy, which I didn't think you could do. I mean, when I when I saw him in every promo, I thought this had a real chance. It's got Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. Yeah. I'll tell you when I first became worried, though, was when I learned that they asked Zachary Quinto to come back. And I was like, oh, God, you guys didn't learn your lesson that too much Siler. <laughs> if they asked him back to kill him permanently, it could have worked. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but that's the thing, though. They, they, I don't know. They They... I'm glad he said no, <laughs> but yeah. they they wanted him back, which I, I feel like would have been a mistake. But anyway, Jed, Jed, what did you think of Heroes Reborn? Um, I liked it because I like Noah, and and there was there was a lot of of stuff with Noah, so so that that stuff was good. Um, I liked I'm blanking on her. Was it Phoebe, the the one that had the shadow power? She got oh, a little yeah. whiny, but but I thought that 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 had that certainly had some some interesting stuff going on with it. I liked Claire's son. I her daughter just did absolutely nothing for me. Just a complete zero. <laughs> but but the the son was fun and the hero cameo dealing with him was fun and sending Mama Petrelli back in time was cool. So so yeah, overall I thought it was good, but yeah, if if we don't see those characters again, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be crying. <laughs> what I found absolutely crazy about that show is that it seemed to only exist to kill off as many of the original cast as they could yeah yeah (laughs) because that was i mean that was even parkman is left at a point where it's like he could very easily have died after that i'm really i mean yes i realize that he he went he went uh you know totally bricking up the cellar but i just could not it did not seem consistent with his character what yes. he was doing in 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 the revival of of the series it just i mean i can i can almost understand him saying i need to have a job i need to have a purpose in life and if maybe if we'd gotten a little bit more explanation of that but he was like going like his dad almost in terms of putting people in situations that they were traumatized by and just yeah. sort of leaving them there and that was just that's that's not that that doesn't jive with with the Matt Parkman that we saw for seasons 1 through 3 at least 
Well, remember, though, this is supposed to be season 10 of the series, and we've just skipped season 6, 7, 8, 9, so... Oh, whatever. <laughs> we would have seen the through line if we had just had the other seasons. Then, if that's the case, then we needed to have an explanation of, of what got him to that point, and we didn't get well, it. Well, they tried to explain it as he wanted his family to get sent to the future, and so he was willing to do everything, you know, all the evil in the world, as long as they got, you know, to, then I to would, live. I wanted to see some more remorse then, and, yeah. and some more, you know, some more, I know that this is terrible, but I'm doing it, but but he was, he was, Enjoying like I said, it. exactly, there, there, were, there were things that he did that were unnecessary, and that were just, you know, just moving moving towards having the e branded on your forehead for being evil yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean he had such the attitude that like i feel like somebody could have walked up to him and been like dude what you're doing is like some seriously evil <laughs> and he just looked at him and been like hey man sucks to be you like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know nathan you mentioned the the mustache twirling mm. earlier I mean, that's all he was missing. Right. No, yeah. I, I, I agree. I have to say, I, I mean, I felt kind of the same way about Heroes Reborn that I, I think a lot of you did, that it only really hit in the last few episodes. I mean, from a character perspective, I, I guess to me, the character I really liked the most was the one who didn't have any powers. That was just going out in the body armor and everything, and... Mm. You know, mm-hmm. had to overcome his own inherent cowardice and, you know, felt bad because, you know, his, his, uh, you know, his lover who had powers had been the one that, you know, mm-hmm. did the stuff during the war and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was like, I like that. And I like that they were going yeah. that route that you didn't have to have powers to be a hero. And even though he was very much tied in with several Evos that were part of his life, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I liked that and I really appreciated that aspect of it. I will say that Luke, because I knew him as evil Peter Pan, didn't do much for me because he always <laughs> looks sinister to me. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like oh, creepy I, kid. I, I thought that the, the the kid did did a or the guy did a very good job with the part, and I, I thought I mean I had seen him as is evil Peter Pan, and I thought that he did a really good job of of defining the character. So we will have to agree to disagree on that one. Some small yeah. part of me though, because they were twins, really wanted. Them to just have wonder twin powers <laughs> like i'd have been okay with that <laughs> yeah to be fair if they were really skywalkering it they would have kissed at least once <laughs> here's uh, my whole problem with the whole twin thing it was like again there was it was only a 13 episode series it should have been much tighter than it was but the whole twin thing was these two kids we must separate them because if he so much as touches his sister he's going to steal her powers and she might be the important one or whatever and it was like at the end of the day it was like they can touch each other just fine in fact it doesn't seem like that even works anymore it seems like after he stole hero's powers that doesn't even i I don't understand they never really like clearly explained what was up with his empathic powers and why he never he... came across another Evo his entire life. Right, exactly. <laughs> like never accidentally shook the hand of another yeah. Evo. <laughs> right. It just uh, it seemed like it was very convenient and wasn't well explained. The other weird thing was Noah killed the Haitian early on in the season. Yeah. And then suddenly the Haitian's back with no explanation. It's like and at first I thought they were gonna explain it like it was like a shapeshifter or something that he killed, but they never explained it. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, that's where we come to something we were kind of talking about before, like we started. We started the podcast was was there's these like webisode, the, like this mm-hmm. weird offshoot. You have to go out of your way to find <laughs> online. Like, I mean, I guess not totally out of your way because they give you a convenient website, but it's again, it's one of those where 
I don't I don't want to go to the internet to find the answers in mm-hmm. some like three minute clip that you guys have filmed mm-hmm. out there. Like I want I want it here in front of me on my TV where everything else is. I watch Daredevil, so I get all of Daredevil at once. I don't watch Daredevil, so Netflix could suddenly turn around and be like, oh, by the way, we made another website. It's like Netflix Well, I actually actually watched all of the the webisodes on uh, the same way that I watched the show, which was on uh, Comcast On Demand, or Xfinity Mm. On Demand, because they had the full run of the webisodes on there, so that... I just did that, and I, I didn't even really, really have to deal with the web part. Well, the other yeah. thing that annoyed me, though, is that there's also comic books that answer questions about the series, mm-hmm. too, where it's like, because I know one of the things in season one, I was talking about this before you came on, Jen, mm-hmm. before we started the show, is there, there was a character in season one who could, like, communicate over Wi-Fi, and she appears, she, you know, gets the radioactive guy, she she points mm-hmm. in the direction of Noah, and then she just disappears. Well, apparently the answer to what happens to her is in the comics. But it's like, but it's like, so I have to go out, find comics to read, to explain to me something that happened that should have been on the show. And that's the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that I, that I don't appreciate them doing. It's, it's nice in a way if you already consume all the media, but Mm -hmm. if you're not, it's, it's really annoying. Well, so I want to ask a question of you all there because, because, you know, I haven't, I haven't rewatched the shows recently. I kind of did a little reading for this, but for the most part, and I never read the comics, and I think I only watched maybe a few of the webisodes. But when and was it ever shown on screen or anywhere when the puppet master was redeemed? He became a good guy? No. Not really, no. He just shows up again in season four, and he's nice now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I, maybe, see, I maybe in the comics, because I don't know the comics at all, but nothing, nothing to my knowledge in uh, the certainly wasn't any webisodes or anything like that you're talking about uh about matt's father right um no 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 no. i'm talking about uh the bald guy with the pennies oh oh oh, him okay wasn't he a villain originally in the in the series oh him i thought you were talking about the guy that like could manipulate people like they're puppets on strings yeah yeah oh okay those two different guys the guy with the pennies that makes people forget is a different guy yeah the, the oh, guy they, who was the guy who was like puppet mastering like Claire and and her mother and things like that. He's he's a totally different dude. Okay, so he's not the same from Heroes Reborn. That's not that same guy. No, it's no, not the same guy. No, no, no. Okay, my bad. No. All right, <laughs> maybe I do need to go back and rewatch. Okay, that. yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Nathan, you're gonna edit this part out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, I will. <laughs> The other thing that I had a real hard time with on Heroes Reborn was when they go back in time and it changes the relationship mm-hmm. between Phoebe and her brother. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed to make me believe that everything that Noah went through, you know, that whole first half of the season was the same, even though in this version, the brother was actually working for Renatus you know, behind Noah's back the whole time. And I was like, uh, I feel like they would have stopped him from doing some of the things that he did mm-hmm. and not just let him run around, you know, doing all these things if, if he had been, wor- you know, working for them. And I, I just, it was, again, way too convenient, <laughs> you know, that it's like, oh, everything up to this point is pretty much the same. It's just that at, at this point, like, she didn't kill her brother and now he's mm-hmm. a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, it was it was something where I was like, what that that mm, it, w- it was certainly weird but you just kind of had to hand wave it and and move on yeah. which which is not great writing but you know it is what it is like a video game coming to life 
Because, oh. <laughs> I did not hate that. I thought that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> it was that. I'll give it fun. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, it created our new anime dynamic. <laughs> I see. And, and here is my problem. The gamer in me, every time she was like in the game world, I was like, if this is the modern era, why is anybody playing an MMO that has like PlayStation 2 graphics? Why? <laughs> Why is that happening? <laughs> like every time I was like, why? Those are like, I would never play this game. Like this is. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was a neat new idea. Just like I like the fact that they had the multiple man, you know, power on there. They, they, like I already mentioned, they had the guy who didn't have any powers. You know, they were trying to throw some new ideas out as far as like yeah. what these what forms, these powers could take in. The, the father, quote unquote, you know, had some sort of power to be able to take, you know, digital creations and give them life. You know, I mean, yeah, from a science point of view, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but neither do any of their powers, really, if you want to, you know, go too deeply into it. So, you know, I, I didn't have a huge problem with that. Okay. <laughs> the eclipse calls it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there uh, is there anything that you guys really liked about Heroes Reborn? Anything I really liked? Um, <laughs> it's taking too long. <laughs> Damn it! Um, if you want to pass, you can like, pass. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think one character you hit on that that I agree. Like he was probably the one aspect of the series I really really liked is the guy who had no powers. Like he wasn't an Evo at all, mm-hmm. but like continuously in his life, like. His nephew, you know, is an Evo. And, like, for the longest time, he has no idea. And then, you know, simultaneously, like, moving forward, like, he ends up having to, like, team up with an Evo to kind of, you know, meet meet the ends of, of his criteria for what he his character is trying to do plot-wise. Like, it, his character was just, I don't know, a lot more compelling to me than any of the other characters because it was the human struggle. Like, mm-hmm. how do I fight against something that I, I don't... Like, from one to the other, I don't know what I'm going to ever be dealing with. How do I fight that? And so much of me during those moments was like, think like Batman. (laughs) Think like Batman. Right, and and, and that takes away, you know, Ryan's argument against Batman, which is the money. Because this is a guy that didn't have any money either. He was Mm -hmm. just, you know, using what he had available in a garage. You know, right. to, to, to do what he was doing. I mean, he had a bomb-ass car. I don't feel like you need too much else beyond that other than the nice car. Like, you're already 110% ahead of most other heroes out there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, uh, was there anything you really liked about Heroes Reborn? You know, it was it was like, you know, going back and... I mean, I, th- I think that... that part of the value of it was going back and visiting old friends, you know, seeing seeing characters that uh, that you liked like Noah and Hero and uh and and other ones as well. Um like I said, I'm I'm a big Noah fan, so I liked that that this was this was arguably mostly his show with with the other plot lines kind of uh going around him the way that some of the other ones did with Peter in the uh, original series. So I, I liked that. I I didn't yeah. I like that. Just go with that. <laughs> I like to see that the show helped me to revisit old friends and watch them all get brutally murdered. <laughs> no, but but not but not Noah. So well, no, he died. Well, I, I, yeah, open ended. It's it's. I felt like that was open ended. Oh, yeah. did, uh, I thought it was pretty clear that like the energy killed him. But okay, uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. That's that's what I got from it. Yeah, no, I felt that. Noah's death was there was enough ambiguity to it 
You know, Jen used the whole seeing old friends. I was going to say going home. It felt mm-hmm. like you, you've moved away and you've been gone for a decade or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you come back and some of the buildings are still there. There's that restaurant you really liked. But look, your neighborhood has been turned into a, a you know a quickie mart. Or it, it, it's, it's different, but the same at the same time. It it The cameos worked when they worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hero... Like a great scene hero. There, there's more that I wanted and less that I wanted. And I, I know it's contradictory, but I wanted to see Siler, and I'm glad they didn't have Siler. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Agree on so, that. Yeah, it, my, exactly. My heart wanted to see more of our old friends, but my head was going, it's probably a good thing writing wise <laughs> that they didn't, they couldn't get them and they, they weren't there. Powerless guy was fine. You know what I liked? I liked seeing Micah again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I would have liked to him for to have him at the beginning, or if there had been a, a second season, to have more of him. He was in the webisodes. Oh, okay. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah, as hero truther. Yeah, no, I thought that was really cool, too. I, I was glad that the original series uh, used him even after his mom died, at least a little bit, because I thought that it was nice to keep his character uh, you know, in the series. I will say that at least personally, I thought there was more ambiguity with Hero and Suresh's deaths, because at least we didn't see those on screen. Mm -hmm. So I felt like they were kind of hedging their bets on those to, uh, you know, possibly bring them back later and be like, oh, you know, somehow Suresh, like, got out before the explosion happened, or, you know, when they surrounded Hero and he was protecting, you know, the wife and son so they could get Mm -hmm. away, you know, they maybe only captured him instead of killing him, and, you know, you never know. But it did feel really weird, like they wanted to like kill off all the original mm-hmm. cast except for Mama Petrelli, who I guess they felt like they needed as the through line if they did a second season, because mm-hmm. there needed to be someone there as like <laughs> the voice of the elder, you know, <laughs> you know, like uh, she had been around for so long to give some wisdom to the characters. Yeah. Although, does everyone else feel like like the writers were obsessed with like the weird relationship between uh, Siler and Claire, and that he was the father? Well, it was either him or Peter. And I don't think that they were, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's crazy incest. Yeah. (laughs) I think that the, well, the, (laughs) this is kind of going off topic a little bit, but the, the weird thing where like she and the actor who played Peter started going out. And so there was like this weird romantic chemistry between them on screen, even though Mm -hmm. he was her uncle was really weird (laughs) it was sort of a creepy through line that was through the first few seasons of heroes there then after they broke up like season four i don't think they even see each other except maybe like very briefly at the end Mm -hmm. but uh yeah that was that was all kinds of mess skywalker (laughs) 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 no laugh more damn it All right. Well, I think I think we flogged the hero's dead horse as much as we can, and it is pretty much dead. Uh, or though we thought that in the past, and it came back anyway. So, so who knows? For me, I think the issue is one that I'm like such a completionist that even though it had turned me off, you know, in the original run, I was like, oh, you know, I've got to watch this, you know, even though I, I had a bad feeling it was going to, you know, not impress me, but. I gave it the benefit of the doubt. So, just out of curiosity, if if we ever have Heroes Reborn Reborn, (laughs) (laughs) will any of you be watching it? Well, you got to know how your girlfriend's hanging, doing now. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta continue that bad relationship premise. (laughs) Yeah. So there you have it. We are the uh, Stockholm syndrome (laughs) candidates here. (laughs) Okay. 
So, um, I think that just about wraps things up, unless anyone had something that was just eating away at them that they wanted to talk about with heroes. Mm. Nah. No. Okay. <laughs> it sounds so bad. <laughs> well, okay. I think I think with 90 minutes, we pretty much covered, you know, heroes. Okay, I'll, I'll say, and I think I mentioned it before, but if you liked heroes, go watch the 4400. You'll like it even better. Hmm. Or just watch what the MCU is doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, well yeah. I was gonna say, and I do think I do think if Heroes did anything, I think if it succeeded in anything, it was it was bringing to light and in, in complete fruition that there's a very clear audience that wanted this, that mm-hmm. wanted comic book heroes in a television format, and really like it kind of kickstarted like what we see now with you know the 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 Marvel universe through Netflix. And through um, ABC or, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, through through all of that and the fact that that is now just an ever-growing thing because they have found that, like, there's truly a fandom for it. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, it pr- sort of bridged the gap between the old school that thought, oh, you know, superheroes, you know, that has to be really campy and everything else, to, you know, you can tell yeah. these kinds of stories, be serious about them. And then once the MCU hit, you know, with Iron Man, that's when, you know, we've kind of been going that. Well, I mean, actually, I guess it kind of started with the Nolan Batmans, but mm-hmm. which did predate this. But, you know, it kind of legitimized the idea uh, on television uh, as well. Yeah. So it kind of worked hand in hand, I think, with those things. Or the X-Men movies or, you know, oh, it had great music. Uh, that's yeah. a haunting tune. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Although I have to say that I hate that shows don't have like real theme songs anymore, except on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I want something longer than, you know, like 10 <laughs> seconds of whatever, you know, of haunting, you know? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just old school. <laughs> okay. So that was heroes. And Yay. I would like to thank my August assemblage here for uh, joining us on the podcast. And uh, <laughs> don't, don't anyone say anything back. <laughs> Always a pleasure, sir. Crickets. All right. So let's say our goodbyes now and uh, plug anything that you want to plug. And uh, so let's start off with uh, James. Um, yeah, uh, really, uh, I, I'm getting back into writing. It's just been a process of motivation. But once I do start, I do have a website and it's just a uh, Roman on the rocks. Um, I tend to go by the net handle Roman. Um, so you guys can find me there. Uh, also on Twitter at Roman on the rocks. Follow me. I don't. I'm really bad at Twitter. Uh, I I occasionally post things and then they go to my Facebook feed. So I'm bad at it. <laughs> well, 140 characters or whatever they give you just isn't enough. It it isn't. I'm too wordy. Yeah. No, I I completely understand. I get where you're coming from on that. All right. Well, thanks for uh, coming on board, James. You bet. Jen, why don't you say goodbye and plug anything that you want to plug? Yes, absolutely. This was this was fun. I uh, I, I I I'm sure I would not have gone back and and rewatched the whole series uh, without this. And except for season four, I'm glad I did. <laughs> um, so uh, so there's that. I uh, you can hear me every other week on Earth Station Who, and then back once we get to weekly episodes of, of Doctor Who when we get the new ones back next year. We will be weekly. And now that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back on, we're going to be starting next week with Earth Station MCU, and we'll be back on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, but hope, I'm hoping shooting for weekly, hopefully. 
<laughs> Depending how studies go. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> so, so just out of curiosity, when you go bi-weekly, does that mean you cover two episodes, or do you just... That is sort true, of, okay. yes. Right. Yep, we we do uh, we we go a little bit longer, and we do two, and we we try to we try to only do that when there's we 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 try not to do it very often, but yeah, sometimes it becomes necessary because life. All right, well, looking forward to that, and thanks for coming aboard, Jen. Absolutely. All right, and Ryan, say goodbye to the internet, and uh, let us know uh, you know anything you want to plug. Yeah, well, you know, screw you, internet. You know what you did. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Geek Stranger. I also have a website of the same name, geekstranger.com. It's got all of like three movie reviews on it, so don't expect to waste a lot of time there. Although, who knows? By the time uh, this airs, it, there could be way more m- movie reviews, and <laughs> TV, and and lots of other good stuff. Feel free to check it out. My traffic is like, you know, one person a day, so you won't overload it. Otherwise, you can track me down on this podcast and others that are foolish enough to let me give my opinion. <laughs> well, thank- <laughs> yeah, well, well, we're proud to have you on, right? Well, I am August. That's right. <laughs> but not September, October, or November. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, I hope that all of you will be on again at some point soon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the end for one of our final 2016 episodes you know ryan predicted it really well when he said by the time that this is up that he might have more on his website and he has updated his website a few times since then mostly to link to episodes of the 42 cast but he has put up a few more movie reviews and a few more articles so i do encourage people to go to geekstranger.com to check that out i just don't think that ryan had any clue how long it would be before this episode saw the light of day but thankfully the uh, 42 cast is going much stronger now we're getting episodes out much more frequently and i think that all those delays are behind us of course i say that and then of course it'll probably be a month before the next episode but Hopefully not, because I am prioritizing getting these episodes out. I've kind of fixed all the issues that were keeping those delays from happening. So while we might miss a day or two here or there when things get released just a little bit later in the week, we are going to remain weekly for as long as I can keep that going. And as always, I want to hear from you. How did you like this episode? Do you want us to do more retrospectives of old TV shows? Do you want us to do more topics? Do you want us to talk more about current seasons of television? Do you want us to do more interviews? I mean, what is it that you want us to do? So let me know. The best way to do that is to email me at everything at 42cast.com. But you can also send a message through our website at 42cast.com. Leave a comment on any of the episodes that are posted there. You can also go to Facebook at facebook.com slash 42 cast you can also tweet to us at at 42 cast and you can also leave us reviews on stitcher radio and itunes on a personal note i would really like for more reviews to show up on itunes we do have three reviews currently but i would love to see that number go up uh the more reviews that we have the more people will see the podcast and the more attention it will draw so i definitely would like to grow this thing and uh, i can only do that if you help me out I'd also like to remind everyone of the t-shirts on the Public website. We have t-shirts, hoodies, sweaters, mugs, tote bags, all things bearing the 42Cast logo. There's also all kinds of shirts and mugs and other goodies, I guess, <laughs> on for the other ESO programs on the same website. And everything that you buy there contributes to the uh, Station One Podcasting Network. So if you are ever interested in having some cool swag from either the 42 cast or station one or any of the other shows on the network then that's the place to go 
So that ends our next to last 2016 podcast. Next time we're going to do the final 2016 podcast that I have left over when uh, we talk about whether or not fandom is broken. So come back and until then, this is Nathan signing out. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.